Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Anthony C. Ferrante, director of Sharknado. Hi, this is the voice of BattleBots, Mark Burrow. This is Seth Shostak, senior astronomer at the SETI Institute. This is Frank Joseph. I'm the author of an essay in the latest book, Lost Secrets of the Gods. Hi, this is Linda Godfrey, author of American Monsters. Hello, my name is Robert Salas. I'm the author of Unidentified, the UFO Phenomenon. Hi, this is Nick Redfern, the author of Close Encounters of the Fatal Kind. Hi, my name is Bob Luca. And my name is Betty Andreessen Luca. Hi, this is Jesse Proofus, the producer of JFK, The Smoking Gun. Hello, this is Marty Langford. I'm the director of Doom, the untold story of Roger Corman's of Fantastic Four. Hi, this is Kevin Randall, author of Alien Mysteries, Conspiracies, and Cover-Up. Hi, this is Tracy Roberts, founder of Positive Statistics. I'm Jeremiah Bomek, the producer of The Real of Horror. Hi, my name is Bill Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House. Hi, this is Micah Hanks, and I'm the author of the book The Ghost Rockets. And you're listening to Emmy on the Graveyard Shift talk show, blogtalkradio.com.
of a dying star. That's hot. From the snow-capped mountaintops of Middle Earth. Orbiting above the Earth in a stolen alien spacecraft. The Graveyard Shift Online Radio Talk Show. Now, strap on your seatbelt, get ready to kneel, true believers, because here's your host, Emmy. Welcome to the Graveyard Shift. All you crazy shifties out there, my name is Emmy, and this is Season 6, Episode 2, Culture Wars, Episode 2, The Gay Menace. And I want to thank all of you for listening in tonight. Obviously, I don't have an actual, you know, guest interview to to air tonight. So it's going to be one of those times where I'm just going to spout whatever filth comes out of my mouth. And you're just going to have to deal with it. You know, I mean, I guess you could just change the channel. But you know you want to listen. (laughs) You know you like it. You like it when I get nasty. So... (laughs) Keep on there because, guys, it is going to be a jam-packed episode tonight. I mean, what in God's name is, like, not worthy of talking on the air about tonight? I mean, there's, there's so many things. It's, like, ridiculous. I'm, you should see how many tabs I have open. For those of you that may or may not know, us talk show hosts, especially us illustrious ones like me, okay, all right, college fraternity guys go ahead and take a swig i know you i know you take hits every time or whatever you call them what do you call those things the, the shots you take shots whenever i say illustrious see i just said it again illustrious illustrious there haha now you're really gonna get drunk but as i was saying if um us talk show hosts we we you know we have to have a whole bunch of info open so that we can access it quickly and i like to use firefox for my um information gathering stuff for the show and at any rate well i like to use firefox regardless i just it's my browser of choice i i don't know anybody who doesn't use firefox or they either use firefox or chrome i'm i'm okay with chrome i don't have a problem with it i just prefer firefox anyway you should see how many tabs i have open i, I mean one two three four five six seven eight. I, mean, I think probably more than 10 i'm afraid to open more than that because <laughs> as new as my computer is i'm still afraid to do it so at any rate there's not like there's a whole bunch of stuff, but you know I have to first of all applaud a big, huge, enormous, just gigantic victory today because if this net if this this proves that anything is possible, this proves that anybody. If they have the will, if they have the the strength of character and the love for themselves and the the belief that anyone should have the right to win at something, to win at love, then this is the story that defines us as a nation. And of course, of course, I am talking about Quasimodo, the dog, winning the world's ugliest dog contest. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just, that's just, that's just um, really uh, applause worthy. I'm just so happy for Quasimodo. I think that he is absolutely the most adorable thing I've ever seen. I mean, if you've seen a picture of this dog, I'm going to tweet it right now so you guys can see it. 
because this little guy, and he really is a little guy, <laughs> he really is, um, he's actually deformed. I don't know why they call it. Well, I know why they call it. Basically, his head, he has no neck. Like, literally, no, he really does. He has no neck. He's a 10-year-old mutt. He's got spinal birth defects and left him, you know, looking like a hunchback. That's why I call him Quasimodo. He's a pit bull Dutch shepherd mix, okay? His owner, because of what, you know, you, you might ask yourself, well, what happens when you win this thing? I mean, okay, fine, your dog becomes the world's ugliest dog. First of all, why would anybody want their dog to be called ugly? Well, get this. The owner of the dog took $1,500 home. Uh, I'm sorry, but if I had a dog, I wouldn't care if they were called ugly. I mean, I wouldn't think of them as ugly. I would think of them as probably beautiful or whatever. Maybe they were really ugly. I don't care. But, hey, $1,500 is $1,500. So he he took that. This little guy, he beat 25 other dogs. That's that's pretty amazing. That's 25 dogs. That's a lot of ugly. So now let's let's learn a little bit more about Quasimodo. He was abandoned at an animal shelter before being adopted by a veterinarian in Loxahatchee, Florida. Of course, of course, it's Florida. His owner said some people had mistaken him for a hyena or a Tasmanian devil, but his bubbly personality just won them over. Now the the contest was held at the Sonoma Marin Fairgrounds in Petaluma, California. And it's in its 27th year. The dogs are scored by a three-judge panel in several categories, including special or unusual attributes, personality, and just natural ugliness. Now, if those of you that follow this kind of thing, the 2014 winner was a two-year-old mutt named Peanut, whose wild white and brown hair, bulging eyes, and protruding teeth, you know, basically, they belie his sweet, energetic personality, according to this article. Now, um... You know, a lot of things that I think one of the things that this contest brings to light is a lot of these animals that are neglected and are abused by other, obviously, other owners, if you really want to call them that. And these new owners really take good care of these animals. So, I mean, don't I don't want you to think that they call them ugly as a insult. <laughs> I mean, it's just the the animal is ugly. It's just like it's a fact. I mean, that's like saying I'm short. Um, I am short. It's a fact. But, hey, it's $1,500. The guy's probably going to use it towards the animal. And Quasimodo's adorable. I think he's cute. Anyway, you could you could see his picture. I think that is the most amazing victory of the week. Okay, obviously, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay? Stop. Chill out. I know. I already know many of you out there are... At your wit's end in different ways, in different manners of speaking, you're either very happy, very upset, or meh. So you're in one of those categories about the Supreme Court's recent ruling. And for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, which I don't know anybody that doesn't, but hey, you never know. There's, you know, somebody might not know, the Supreme Court ruled that gay marriage is a nationwide right. In a five to four decision, that's pretty close. Justices, the Supreme Court justices ruled that the Constitution guarantees marriage equality. Now, this was on Friday. Okay. Um, And they ruled that the same-sex couples nationwide have a constitutional right to marry 
and that it was it was huge. It, it was an absolutely gargantuan, uh, you know, decision. I mean, this is something that has been uh, talked about for my gosh, decades upon decades. I mean, I I remember a couple years ago they had the um that ruling in California then then it was overturned then it was banned and then it wasn't banned and it's like it was going back and forth back and forth back and forth well this what what happened in this particular case Jacksonville attorney Betsy White was the, really the one who helped lead this charge okay and it was her and her husband Bill Shepard now how about that a heterosexual couple was actually what started this whole thing well not started it, but kind of got the ball rolling. Um, you know, they basically put it towards the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court decided it. Now, on the other side of things, uh, you have the Florida Family Policy Council and the, their president, John Sternberger, that he obviously did not agree with the decision. Um and now it should be noted that th- this is just – there's going to be a lot of bumps on the road. There's going to be a lot of bumps on the road. There's, go- there's not going to be a definitive, oh, now anybody can go to a courthouse and just get married. That's not going to happen, not like, not like you think. Not every county's courthouse is going to be okay with this. And you might want to think, well, wait a minute. If it's the Supreme Court ruled it, they have to. No, not necessarily. They can decide not. Well, like, for example, Duval County, Clay County, and Baker County, they still won't use their courthouses to host marriages. Decisions made when uh, gay marriage became legal in Florida. Friday's decision will not change that, they said. Okay? Um, Now, the 14th Amendment forbids states from denying any person life, liberty, or property without due process of law. And it requires states to give all people equal protection. Now, those liberties, according to uh, a just Justice Anthony Kennedy, extend to certain personal choices central to individual dignity and autonomy, including intimate choices that define personal identity and beliefs. Um, now, Brian Gowdy who was a Jacksonville attorney who successfully argued before the Supreme Court, analyzed the decision for a particular newspaper. There's a fundamental difference, he said, between how Kennedy reads the Constitution and how Justice Antonin Scalia, who wrote a scathing dissent in the case, reads it. Quote, The fact our forefathers did not recognize that doesn't mean they're right and we're wrong, Gowdy said. The central debate is how do you interpret the Constitution? He, meaning Kennedy, is interpreting it as a guide. It's not just based on what people did in the past, but with what we've learned with time. If we truly and generally want to apply what's written in the Constitution, we have to apply it with what we've learned with time. Now, this decision affects 14 states throughout the South and Midwest, including Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi. The decision also meant that states like Florida wouldn't have gay marriage banned again. Louisiana announced it wouldn't honor the court's decision until a lower court enforces the ruling, which should not take long. Until then, the state is refusing to marry gay couples. See, I told you, this is not going to be an all-out, okay, you know, let's do it. 
all four dissenting justices wrote their own opinions about why they believed the Constitution did not allow them to rule marriage bans unconstitutional. Justice Alito wrote, this decision will be used to vilify Americans who are unwilling to assent to the new orthodoxy. Justice Clarence Thomas, remember him? The guy from, yeah, the guy from the, I think, wasn't it the 90s? That he had the pubic hair and the coke, remember that guy? <laughs> oh, man. I, I just, this is, and especially if you hear what he's saying here, uh, quote, had the majority allowed the definition of marriage to be left to the political process as the Constitution requires, the people could have considered the religious liberty implications of deviating from the traditional definition as part of their deliberative process. Instead, the majority's decision short-circuits that process with potentially ruinous consequences for religious liberty. That is unbelievable, coming from him. By the way, if those of you out there that are listening would like to call in and give your own two cents, in fact, I would be very interested in speaking with any LGBT couples out there or singles, you know, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual, transgender, whatever. If you want to call in the show and talk about this, I would love to hear from you. You can call us in at area code 347 237 5187. That's area code 347 237 5187. Or there should be a link on our website. If you have Skype, you can use Skype and you can do Skype to Skype, which means you can use your Skype account to dial our show. And I can't promise you that I'll put you on the air for sure. And I'll tell you right now, if you start, you know, misbehaving, uh, you're gone. You're going to be cut off. So you got to be nice, behave. But yeah, I would love to hear from any. LGBT couples or singles on what you feel about this decision. How does it affect you? Uh, did you already get married? Are you going to get married? If so, what kind of a marriage will it be? And what I mean by that is it's going to be a big marriage. It's going to be a small marriage. You know, is, are you going to have a lot of family members there? Are you going to, you know, there's going to be just like a, you know, like uh, how do you say that? Um, close family, you know, like immediate family kind of thing. And and I've always wanted to know, like, like how what do you call like the grooms, like. Like, do you still use best man or, or, or like, do you, do you have to like switch it? You know what I mean? Like, like if it's two guys, I guess you would call the other person's like friend, best man, or, or, you know, like, or like, you know, like you've got the, uh, not the maid of honor, but the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the men, the, the groomsmen. And then you have, and I guess it's the same. I guess you would just use the same names, but I actually have heard that some some gay couples don't do that. They they actually have different names. So I'm curious what that is. As I don't know. I was I'm just curious. So anyway, if you want to call in, you can. It's area code three four seven two three seven five one eight seven, or you can use Skype to Skype. And please do call in. I would love to talk to you. All right, getting back to this. So now, obviously, this is going to be a big, huge disappointment to many conservatives. And you might be asking yourself, wait a second, I mean, you're a conservative, so how does this affect you? And I've been kind of quiet about this on Facebook and on my uh, group's, you know, talk show page because, you know, this is kind of a personal topic for me, and I don't really like talking about stuff like this because I – it's not that I don't want people to know. It's just that it's kind of personal for me. Um, but you know what? I am a public figure, and I know a lot of my listeners would like to know what I think. So I'm going to break precedent. I'm going to tell you what I really feel about this. First and foremost, um, I was raised in a very traditional family. And what I mean by traditional is, you know, my parents brought me up, and they for me to, you know, they brought me up to not 
agree with, you know, I don't know if I want to say it like that. Like, basically that a man and a woman should be able to marry. Like, they they are, like, when you think of marriage, that should be between a man and a woman. And they never thought that it would be between a man and a man or a woman and a woman kind of thing. And, you know, I grew up in the modern times. Now, for 12 years, I went to Christian school. And in Christian school, you I don't even have to tell you what they taught us there. They obviously taught us that it was wrong, it was a sin, and this and that. Well, I didn't actually start going to public school until I got to the university, which was a enormous culture shock for me. Um, it actually traumatized me pretty heavily. And um, just, to, just to kind of distract for just a second, I just want to say to any of you parents out there, that are putting your children through Catholic school or, or private school of any kind, I urge you strongly to please show them a public school life at least for one or two years first before you let them go to the university. Because I am telling you, it was one of the most emotionally traumatizing experiences I ever had when I went to that university. Because that was the first time I ever experienced opposing viewpoints. And I mean, it were. It, I mean, I got exposed to it like right in living color in front of my face. It was like, whoa, what the heck is this? I mean, literally, the first day out of my dorm room, they had this, um, you know, they had a, what's called the student union. And and by the way, for those of you who don't know, I went to Florida State University for two years, and then I went to USF uh, Tampa for two years. But I'm talking about Florida State and FSU. They have this place called the student union, and what and once a week or it's either once a week or once every month. I can't remember when it was. They would have like um, a day where all the student groups would basically come on to the, the grounds of the, like the, uh, the marketplace and they would advertise their groups and they would try to recruit members and what have you. And then and you would have everybody from the Christian groups to the Jewish groups to the Muslim groups to the socialist groups to the anarchist group to the, you know, the, I mean, we, we actually had a Nazi group. I'm not kidding. We really did. Um, we had a, a gay group. We had, uh, I mean, everybody, everybody was there. And for me, that was a really big thing to see. I had never seen anything like that before. It was very terrifying. It really was terrifying because I didn't know what to think of it. I didn't know what, what was I supposed to think of this? What did God want me to think of it? I had no idea. So I, what I did was I basically experienced it for myself. And I thought, well, you know what? The best way to do to, for me to experience this is for me to just talk to these people and get to know them. And I did. And I discovered that they weren't the devil. You know, they weren't evil. They just believed something that may not necessarily be what I believed in. And, you know, it, I came to the conclusion after many, many years of being in college, of having my own family, that, you know, even though I, I do not still agree with the, the gay lifestyle. I don't. But that's for me. I don't agree with it for myself. Now, as far as if anybody else wants to do it for themselves, that's their business. I'm not going to get involved in their business. If you're somebody that's gay, if you're a lesbian, a gay, a, a bisexual, a transsexual, a transgender, hey, more power to you, go for it. I'm not going to stop you. I'm, it's none of my business. My only thing is, I always tell this to my friends, where I where I start getting agitated is when some, and it doesn't have to be someone from the LGBT community, but it can be anybody. When anyone from any belief system starts 
you know, getting into my life and trying to change the way that I live my life. So what I mean by that is like, for example, if someone says, well, you know what, I don't want you to be allowed to go to church anymore, or I don't want you to be permitted to say the word Jesus online anymore because then you'll get fined or you'll get imprisoned. That's what I'm talking about, and obviously that hasn't happened. And that won't happen. I mean, well, and if it does, oh, well, then you know what kind of a place we're living in, right? My point – so that's kind of what I'm talking about. And, you know, it does not really bother me if somebody else wants to be a gay person or or lesbian or whatever. You know, that's up to them. It just isn't for me specifically. It isn't for me personally, and it never has been. I know many of my high school classmates thought that I'm (laughs) – I know y'all did, and I know you guys are listening – I know y'all thought that I might be gay because of the way I acted. Because I know y'all used to, you know, insult me and, you know, call me all kinds of names. And no, when I say insult, I don't mean calling me gay. I'm talking about in actual insults because you thought I was something else. And then you would insult me because you were, you know, afraid of it or whatever. And I actually made many friends that I didn't know at the time were gay and it turned out they were and actually one of them thought I was <laughs> that was actually a pretty funny story I won't get into it but just ba- long story short is they propositioned me and I was like whoa what the hell is this about you know and I had to kind of gently turn them down like hey listen man I don't swing that way okay you know I'm sorry but that's just not my thing literally so I wish you well, but, you know, we can still be buddies, but please do not ask me to go out with you again in that kind of way. And uh, I will say this. I, it really bugs the hell out of me whenever I'm in the bathroom, in the public bathroom, and guys just kind of, like, look me up and down. Listen, I am not a sexy person, okay? I'm sure my wife might think I am, but I don't think I am. I'm a, I'm fat. I'm fat. I'm old. I don't you know, shave, I mean, not very much anyway, I don't know what anybody would think of me, I mean, I really don't, I mean, I don't know why anybody would think of me in that way, but whatever, you know, everybody has their own thing that they like, right, but that's, that kind of bugs me, like, when somebody comes up to me, and they're like, hey, man, you know, you look fine, baby, come on, I'm like, dude, no, no, you don't proposition somebody in the bathroom, I mean, you don't, nobody does that, not even as a heterosexual, you would do that to a, a woman or a guy, depending if you're a girl. I've never seen that done before, ever. I mean, like, okay, if you're in a nightclub, I hope that's not the norm now, because if it is, holy shit, that needs to change. But I've never seen that happen. And I know many of my gay friends tell me, no, that's not normal. They should not do that. That's actually very rude. So good, glad. I'm glad that's considered rude because, holy shit, that bothers the hell out of me. So, I mean, that's kind of what I'm talking about, you know. So, really, again, it doesn't, you know, it's not for me, but if that's what you want to do with your life, go for it. You should absolutely have all the rights in the world to do it. I think it's a wonderful thing that now anyone that wants to be married, they can be married. And you know what? All my Christian listeners out there and all my friends that are very hardcore Christians that are saying, no, Emmy, no, this is a sin. No, you shouldn't be doing that. You're you're giving a victory to Satan. No, no, I'm not, and I'll tell you why. I firmly, look, God is love, okay? And God is not limited by certain things. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something 
quote his Bible verse. I want to quote to you a verse from the Bible that will tell you right from God's own words why it's okay for somebody to be gay and love somebody else that's the same sex. You want to interpret it your way, that's fine. This is what I believe, okay? I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not God, so I'm not going to tell you, oh, they're not going to be judged going to hell or something like that. I'm not God. I don't know what anyone anyone is going to be judged as. I don't even know what I'm going to be judged as. I hope that I'll be judged okay. I hope that God will let me stay in heaven with him. I've been trying to live my life the way I feel that he, the way I, the way I think he thinks he wants me to be. But that's that's for everyone to decide for themselves. And for and I think you know which version I'm which verse I'm going to use. It's First Corinthians thirteen, verses four through eight a. Just kind of you know um, work with me here. All the rest of you that aren't Christians, if you want to turn off the show for just a few minutes, that's fine. But I think this goes. I think this can speak to everybody, regardless of your belief systems. The word of the Lord. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up never loses faith, is always hopeful. Actually, I like this version better. Loves bear all, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. I want you to listen to that last part. Love believes all things. doesn't say love believes all things except dot, dot, dot. And even in the King James Version, if you, don't want, if you don't want me to use that, I'll use the King James Version. In the King James Version, it talks about charity. But charity is Christian love, even more so to my point. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, charity never faileth. So you might, you know, my Christian listeners might be asking, well, what does that have to do with gay, gay marriage? It has everything to do with gay marriage. Because these people are getting married, or at least we, you know, you would think that if somebody gets married to somebody else, it's because they love them, so love each other, right? Okay. God is love. God is love, period. God is love, and love, God has no limits. Therefore, love has no limits. Love believes all things. So that means we need to put away our judgment goggles, whatever you want to call them, and we need to just let go and let God if he wants to do something, then let him do it. And I think he already has. I'm going to tell you something. There were a myriad 
of voices denouncing Jesus when he was alive and the flesh. Remember, he wasn't ever considered the real Messiah by the majority of people. In fact, they wanted him dead. His words were considered rebellious, like strictly rebellious. I mean, he was crucified. What does that tell you? So, usually God's word is not something that is popular. It's not something that we as a human community automatically embrace. We don't always see God's word or God's message or his way as acceptable for us. We normally are apprehensive of it. It's just in our it's our it's in our nature. And before you say how are you saying that? Well, of course I'm saying that. Look at Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve didn't listen when God told them not to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of life and death. What did they do? They ate it. In other words, they disobeyed. They were apprehensive of his message. I mean, it's in our nature, it's in our DNA for us to say, "Wait a minute, whoa, what do you mean I can't do this?" Why can't I do this? And guess what, guys? That's part of free will. It's part of what he gave us as free will. So that's something that each of you, I think, needs to meditate on, pray on for yourselves. Listen, if you want to go on from here and continue thinking that it's a sin, continue thinking that it's wrong, go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. The same way I would never stop someone from marrying someone else of the same gender, I'm not going to stop you from doing that if you want to do that. That's up to you. That's, that's your life that you want to live. And you should have the right to live it that way. I'm sad that you want to live it that way. Not sad because of myself, but sad because of your fellow man or woman. I know many of you are saying, well, Emmy, so basically you're saying I can have uh, a million wives and a million husbands. I don't agree with it, but if that's what you want to do, okay. I mean, if they legalize it, well, I guess if you want to do that, I mean, I think it's ridiculous, but okay. It's not for me, but okay, whatever. I mean, if if you want to have, you know, uh, a marriage with a dog, which I actually think somebody did that already. So it's nothing new, guys, if you want to do that. I, think, I don't think it's anything new. But, you know, if you want to do that, okay. <laughs> it ain't for me. <laughs> Too much hair in your mouth. I already tried it. It's, didn't love me back the way I wanted. <laughs> Fifi. I miss your Fifi. Look, guys, it's really simple. Change is nature. Change happens for a reason. It's because we decide for it to happen. Maybe not we personally, maybe not we individually, but we as a people, as an American people, decide it. You don't have to like it. In fact, we can hate it. Guess what? It's part of our freedom as Americans. But you know what? If our fellow Americans are happy, if they are celebrating because of something that has to do with love, and all they're doing is wanting to love each other, why should we hate them for that? Why would we want to inflict on them, in our minds, a negative 
and hateful thought. Do you honestly think that Jesus would want us to do that? Do you think Jesus would want us to hate each other based on, you know, how the other person wants to have sex? I mean, I, I hate to break this to you guys, but uh, Jesus talked with people about sex. He did not have a problem with it. And before you start yelling at me, can I tell you about Mary Magdalene? That was like one of his apostles, pretty much. And what did she do for a living? She had sex. So if Jesus can accept Mary Magdalene as a follower, don't you think that we can accept one another? Just a thought. Anyway, that's enough about this subject. I know don't usually talk about politics, whatever. Sometimes I do. And I know you guys sometimes like it and sometimes you don't, whatever. And, um, you know, it's... <laughs> this is... It's been a run... Hell, hell of a week. It really has. It's been one hell of a week. I'm going to go ahead and take a break. When I come back, I'll talk a tiny bit more about what kind of a week it's been, and then we'll get into the um, the paranormal stuff, because that's what the show's about, and then that's it. And if I have time, I'll, I'll air an interview. If not, then I won't. Maybe I won't. Maybe I will. I don't know. You guys stay tuned, and I will be right back. I'm punching in. Put your warm speed on hold, Graveyard Shift fan. Our illustrious host, Demi. Why the hell does he always say that word, illustrious? We'll be right back after this break with more shifty, yeah, like shitty, awesomeness. I can't believe this guy. Who the hell does he think he is? Um, oh, okay. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be right back. If you would like to call in the Graveyard Shift and talk about anything that Emmy has been discussing insanely, please give a call. Area code 347-237-5187. That's area code 347-237-5187. Please call him and tell him to shut the hell up. Well,
Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. Broadcasting live on blogtalkradio.com slash the graveyard shift. Follow us at hashtag Emmy Shift Show. For our Twitter feed, stay punched in. We'll be back. Remember, gang, if you want to call in and talk about anything that I've been discussing tonight, please do call in. Area code 347-237-5187. That's area code 347-237-5187. Or use Skype to, to Skype to chat with us, and uh, I'll be right back. So just hang in there, gang. I will be back. One moment.
Broadcasting live from a war-torn battlefield. From atop a 200-foot-tall, last-of-its-kind woolly mammoth. Driving a bunch of drunk zombies on their way to an all-you-can-eat super flesh buffet. Teaching a cat how to speak fluent Klingon. You're listening to the Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. And now, just finished from sucker-punching your country's ruthless dictator. Because... Just that damn cool. Here's your illustrious host, Emmy. <laughs> oh, that's one of my favorites. How you doing, guys? Welcome back to the Graveyard Shift. This is Emmy, and we are back for the second and final um, part of the show. So we were talking about, obviously, the Supreme Court decision last time, and I was talking to you about my personal feelings on it. And uh, I'm not going to re- you know, rehash it again. You already heard that. So let's move on to something that is not political. Well, okay, maybe it is a little bit. Basically, it's about Obama. And this is like one of many uh, things that he's taken a victory lap on re- recently. I mean, he also, um, you know, he also hailed the Supreme Court's decision to uphold a key provision of the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, calling it a victory for hardworking Americans. Um and oh, let's see here. I'm trying to see exactly where. Oh boy, it just got. I got uh, shut out. Well, I guess I won't be able to read it after all. So if anybody knows what is about the Affordable Care Act that was upheld, that would be great. You could talk to me about it. I'm sorry about that, guys. Um. So aside from that, let's move on to the paranormal now. There has been a recent upsurge in videos on YouTube that are either videos or audio where you would have like a like a static image and then audio in the background. And it and these are talking about strange trumpet sounds in the sky. Now, I'm pretty sure that I've mentioned this on the show before, but just in case I haven't what I'm talking about, for those of you who are not sure what I mean, is all over the world, people are actually recording extremely loud sounds that seemingly come from the sky and sound like really scary, trumpety sounds. Now, you know, they don't always sound the same. Sometimes they sound different. And um, it's it's global. It's a global phenomenon. And it's being heard in locations in like U.S., Canada, um, Germany, Hungary, the Czech Republic, Denmark, Sweden, England, Costa Rica, Ukraine, France. I mean, it goes all over the place. All you have to do is go to YouTube and try, type in trumpet sounds, and you'll see all kinds of videos. Now, there are many people and scientists that insist there must be a rational explanation. You know, some theories go into saying, well, maybe it's just fracking, you know, or rock bursts, venting of high pressure gas, you know, atmospheric pressure or not just natural background noise of our planet. Now, um, NASA has actually chimed in on this. And NASA says that they might have thought, they said that they actually made an actual statement where they said, quote, if humans had radio antennas instead of ears, we would hear a remarkable symphony of strange noises coming from our own planet. You know, scientists called them tweaks, whistlers, and spherics. They sound like background music from a flamboyant science fiction film, but this is not science fiction. Earth's natural radio emissions are real, and although we're mostly unaware of them, they are around us all the time. Now, this is true. This is actual science. Now, 
I don't think that's what that's what this is. Okay, I really don't because the, they're talking about something very low frequency that we would have to really be tuned in on. In fact, what my, what that might explain is the reason why sometimes our our pets go ape shit for no reason. Like you know, maybe they're hearing the, those kinds of sounds. That's what's talking about. Now, a lot of times, um, what people think they might be hearing, and, I'm, and yes, I am going to play the sound. Um, they think it might be tectonic plates grinding, which are basically plates that are pieces of the Earth's crust, uppermost mantle, together referred to as the lithosphere. The plates are around 100 kilometers or 62 miles thick, consist of two principal types of material, oceanic crust and continental crust, Okay, or the atmospheric pressure that I mentioned earlier, and that's defined as the force per unit area exerted against the surface by the weight of the air above that surface. Trains shunting, which sometimes it does sound like that. On some of the videos, if you hear it really clear, carefully, it does sound like trains. And, you know, they can be pretty loud depending on, I mean, even if they're far away, you can still hear them. You know, something, you know, construction, which, you know, that, you know, construction can be loud. You know, and of course we get into the aliens thing. You know, is it an alien that's making that sound? Is it a harp? which is, you know, the high-frequency active auroral research program, which is the U.S. government's project up near Alaska in the northern part of the country. And, of course, the most popular theory is the apocalypse, which what that means is in the Bible it says seven trumpets are sounded, one at a time to cue events of the apocalypse. And they were seen in – you can actually read about this in the Revelation, uh, the book of Revelations in the Bible. And what's scary about this is that it signals the end of the world. So, But, you know, it makes you wonder, okay, well, if that's true, then when is that going to happen? Well, obviously, we don't know. You know, that's the only person who knows that is God. So, anyway, I don't – honestly, I have no idea what these sounds are. They are very eerie. Um, I, I have a thought. I have a thought. On what they might be But before I get into what I think they might be I'm going to go ahead and play them for you And then you can come to your own conclusion On what you think They might be Now I should tell you um, You're going to hear some people talk Because this this is audio taken From an actual YouTube video And um, uh, You're going to hear you know, like People talking either in English Or different um you know, language that you may or may not understand. And um, anyway, I, you know, obviously I don't understand what they say if they're not talking in English or Spanish. But at any rate, uh, you can listen to it and then you can tell me what you think. And we're here they are. Clips posted from Arizona to England 
and right next door in Manitoba, all showing folks alarmed by what sounds like a noise straight out of a science fiction flick. They've happened here and across the country. Mysterious booming noises that for the most part have gone unexplained. No one seems to know what is causing these weird booms. Not police, not scientists, not even the military.
you guys hear that? Отойди оттуда, выйди. Well, there you have it, guys. I mean, it's creepy, right? <laughs> it's like not something you would exactly want to hear at night, but uh, actually, maybe you would. I mean, it's, I think it's kind of cool. Uh, I mean, creepy, but yes, cool. And you know, these sounds have been recorded for many years. I mean, almost ten years now that these sounds have been recorded. And I mean, they're and. Who knows? Maybe they've been going on even before that, and people just didn't think anything of them because you know at. Like I said, I'm sure you just heard it yourself. It, it doesn't... There's no really definitive explanation or description other than that it sounds like a trumpet. Or sometimes it sounds like screeching noises like trains shunting or moving around or metal or something. But there was this one video I saw on YouTube that was really, really something. Where these guys were in, in a forest in the middle of nowhere. And you could tell that they were visibly shaken. They were not acting, okay? And the reason I say that is because there might be an explanation for some of these, and it's kind of messed up. Back in 2011, there was a Kevin Smith movie called Red State. At the very end of the movie, there's a prank that was being played. And it, what the prank was, brace yourselves, I think it was Kevin Smith or some of the characters in the movie played trumpet sounds very loudly to prank the Christians 
to, into thinking that, you know, it was the apocalypse. Now, that's a little bit of a coincidence, especially thinking that that's what these videos actually really are purporting to be. Now, is it possible that that's what this is? Sure it is. Anything's possible. I don't think that's what all of them are. I think some of them might be, and I think now that we know, now that this information is known, I think we need to be more discerning. I always tell all of you all this. Anytime you see something unusual or any kind of high strangeness, to quote my very, very dear, dear admired co or fellow host, Art Bell, please be very discerning and please be skeptical. Don't automatically assume that that thing you see in the sky is an alien flying saucer. Maybe it is, and that's fantastic. Take a good picture of it, you know? But also, it may not necessarily be one. Maybe it's a drone. You know, drones are very popular now. People do fly them around everywhere, and drones can look like anything. And yes, they can also look like flying saucers. I've seen them being sold. So I'm like, oh, this is great. Now they're going to start pranking us paranormal fans. You know, so, I mean, and, and you know, if you think you see an actual alien, maybe it's somebody dressed in a costume. And before you say no way, there's no way somebody could dress in that kind of detailed costume. Have you been to comic book conventions lately? Because some of those costumes can be pretty believable. Like, very, very detailed. And, yes, unfortunately, there are people who think that's funny. And it's not. It's kind of. No, it's not kind of. It's it's actually very, very, uh, very disturbing that they would do something like that and cause actual fear with somebody without actually just revealing that they are a real person. Uh, you know, but I don't want to discount my very good friends out there that have had these experiences for real. And those, those of you out there that have been abducted, I do believe in you. I believe that you have been abducted. I've had my own experiences of the paranormal and of the UFO variety, and I know they're real. So I know for a fact that you're not messing around. But when it comes to these trumpet sounds, it, it can be anything. You know, we don't know if the YouTube videos are really people just pranking us or as a, as a society, as fans. My only problem with thinking that all of them are pranks is because this has been going on for almost 10 years now. If it was a prank, why haven't they let us in on it yet? I mean, sure, okay, yeah, they want to keep the prank going. There's a certain period of time that anybody, anyone that knows how to pull a prank knows this. If you're going to prank somebody, there's a statute of limitations. You don't prank someone for a really, 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 really ridiculously long time and not clue them in on it. Because part of the fun of pranking somebody is telling them you're pranking them after the fact. It's kind of like what they do on Fear Factor. You know, that show where they have somebody, they actually prank someone, they actually make them afraid for real. And then, you know, but, but at the end, it's okay because they say, hey, hey, it's okay. You know, when they see that the person just can't handle it anymore, then they say, hey, listen, look, this is just a prank, man. It's just a prank. So that's what I'm, kind of what I'm talking about. And that has not happened yet. So... I'm beginning to think that this is not actually a prank. At least it's not a, a very orchestrated prank. Because if it is, then I have a message for the prankers. Y'all better let uh, let y the people in on it and let us know that it's a prank. Because people are getting actually for real scared, and that's beyond the realm of pranking. 
it's not even trolling. It's it's actually like well, actually it's terrorism is what it is. Because part what is terrorism? It's to instill fear and terror in people, right? That's what terrorism is. Terrorism doesn't have to be somebody blowing something up. Terrorism can just be somebody scaring the hell out of someone. And there are people being like really for real afraid of this. So if you are out there, and you know who you are if you are, if you guys are out there really pranking people and playing this shit, you need to be upfront about it and let them in on it and tell them, hey, guess what? Get on YouTube. You don't even have to let your face be seen. There's ways that if you know how to do this, then you know how to mask your identity. Okay? And you can just tell them, hey, guess what? It's a prank. We're just messing around. And don't worry, there will be plenty of other ways to prank people, okay? It's not like you're not going to be able to ever prank anybody ever again. But again, I really don't think that's what this is. Maybe some of them are. Some of the videos might be. Because if you listen to the audio of the Kevin Smith movie, it does sound almost identical to some of the sounds that people are saying that they hear. Almost identical. I mean, not literally exactly, but pretty close. So... You know, you kind of just discern, okay? Anyway, so that's pretty interesting. So, moving on. In the technology department, have you guys... Well, actually, no, I think I should probably... No, I, I already started this, so I better, I better finish it. In the technology department, there, have, there are trucks that are see-through now, sort of. Samsung is working on a technology to let people see through giant trucks on the road. It's called a safety truck, and it's a prototype. It mounts a wireless camera on the front of the vehicle, and it live streams the view onto a giant wall of four video screens on the back. So if you're stuck behind like a large truck, you'll have a clear, real-time view of oncoming traffic. You can also see any obstacles or traffic that might otherwise caught you off guard. Because, I mean, you know, think about it. Anyone that's ever driven on the interstate or any road, really, that has a semi-truck or a really big truck in front of you, it's, it can be kind of scary if you want to pass them because you don't know up until a certain point, if any cars are coming the opposite way, this technology I think would be absolutely essential to have because that way we can see exactly who is coming and who isn't. So I applaud Samsung for coming up with this. I think it should be standard, uh, standard on any semi truck or large truck. I really do. So getting back to the whole, you know, paranormal subject matter, there was a story that was published recently, um, in fact, it was a couple days ago, where a mysterious face was seen in a cliff. Now, this can be attributed as a mind trick, like an optical illusion, or what, or it was actually carved there. We're not sure. It's a seven-foot face, and it's Actually, it was rediscovered, okay? So it's actually been discovered before. And it's, you can see it. It's among rocks on a remote island in British Columbia. It was first noticed and then lost by a kayaker, a Native American man who, you know, he spent years searching for it. Um, I, would, I would actually love to have him on the show if I can, if I, if I can get a hold of him. Uh, it's a, if you watch Canada, Canadian news, it was on a, the, the, their news station. It's Hank Gus of the... I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Sid shot First Nation. He had heard about the face in the rocks years ago. You know, He's a Washington State kayaker. He stumbled upon it back in 2008 while paddling past Reeks Island in the Broken Group Islands. 
Now, he had been searching for the carving for a few years. Then, just a few weeks ago, he finally found it and took a cell phone video of the seven-foot-tall face carved into a cliff. Now, whether the face was carved or not, it's, it's not known. There are no early records of it. The area is very, very difficult to access. Now, it's certainly plausible that you know early First Nation tribes may have created it, but it's just as likely to be natural. Now, everybody knows that optical illusions, some optical illusions are very natural, and they're psychological. Now, when people see faces where it doesn't actually exist, that's an actual phenomenon called pareidolia. And it's, which, it's, it's something in which the brain sees faces in ambiguous stimuli, such as clouds, you know, coffee stains, rocks, you know, because our brain is hardwired to recognize faces. In fact, fun fact, faces are the actual first things that babies learn to recognize. And parts of the brain are specialized for finding and recognizing faces. In fact, there's even a specific type of cognitive disorder called prosopognosia. Sorry, I know I'm not pronouncing that correctly, which patients cannot recognize faces. So, anyway, regardless of the origin of the rock face, um, the New Hampshire State Quarter depicts one of the best-known rock formations in the world, the Old Man of the Mountain series of cliff ledges in the White Mountains of that state. And that's another another one where you can see something there. So, anyway, um, Hank Gus, the guy who did who saw this face, he concluded that in the end, it doesn't matter if it's natural or man-made. It just looks really nice to share with others who come and visit. And I agree. I think it looks really beautiful. I, you know, I I don't know if it's natural. I don't know if it's you know carved. Regardless, it's it's absolutely you know beautiful. Um, <clears throat> relief a beautiful carving so definitely if you're up in that area go look look it up and you can you can definitely see uh you know there's articles all over the place i mean by the way those of you that i know there's many of you that watch nasa live tv live video did you know that they actually cut the live video transmission now purportedly they did this as three ufos flied past the earth okay and it's basically it's it's caused kind of a kind of a stir in the paranormal community. Now the video, which was reportedly shot from the ISS, the International Space Station, shows three UFOs blast out of Earth's atmosphere. The lights leave our planet seconds before the video feed was cut by NASA due to a reported loss of signal. So now critics claim the alleged UFO sightings and the live feed are simply down to NASA's poor camera and the latest sighting. And it's probably a distorted view of the moon. Nobody really, you know, so you'll have critics saying that. Of course, the other ones are saying, no, it's aliens, damn it. So you be the judge. Who knows? Speaking of aliens, Star Trek. Are we ever going to have a TV show of Star Trek? I mean, you know, well, if you ask, you know, um, uh, David Ellison and Dana Goldberg, who are both CEOs and producers of Star Trek Into Darkness, they want it. You know, Ellison was quoted as saying it's something that we would love to be involved in. He was he was talking to the media, and as I'm sure everybody knows, the rights situation, given the CBS and Paramount divorce on the Star Trek's rights, is very very complicated. The the exact status of it is absolutely something being worked on. We would love to be involved, but all to be determined at this time. And then Goldberg was quoted as saying, "You're preaching to the converted. We would love it, both as fans and as people who would want to be involved in the making of them. We would love it." Everything you just said is right. It goes with what we were talking about before with television, as you can just take more time to tell very specific stories. It would be fantastic. It's not something we can control, sadly. And that's really what it comes down to, is 
It's all about rights. Just same thing with Spider-Man appearing in the Avengers. Unfortunately, CBS owns the rights to Star Trek now, and they don't really see a reason to put a Star Trek show on because they have NCIS, which is like a really popular show. So they don't really see the reason to put Star Trek on. So, hey, you want it? Do what the people did back in the 70s. Write letters to CBS in mass, demanding that they put Star Trek back on the air. I watch, watch it happen. This is how Star Trek Next Generation came up. This is how the reruns came up. This is how the movies of Star Trek came up because fans made it happen. So guess what, guys? Make it happen. And last but not least, you know I'm going to talk about the conventions coming up. And you know that I already have been touting about this. I will be appearing in person at the Grand Brony Gala, which is the official convention of the Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. I will be there July 10th through the 12th at the USF Embassy Suites. And uh, now I cannot guarantee that I will be there all three days. I'm hoping to be there Friday and Saturday. We will see if I can be there on Sunday. I am not sure. Now, that's 12 days away, so if you want to get tickets, you better act now. Go to GrandBronyGala.com. Now, listen, you don't have to be a My Little Pony fan to go to this. There, yes, of course, it's, it's centered around My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. And yes, it's centered, it's, you know, obviously uh, geared towards bronies, which are male or female fans, uh, adult fans of the show. But you do not have to be a brony to go to the convention. I, you know, I'm I'm more of a of a of a detached fan. I guess I am a brony in the sense that I like the show, but I view it with my daughter, and she's two years old and she loves the show. But I support the brony culture, as long as you know, it's done in a in a very clean and and you know, friendly kind of way, if you know what I mean. And they and these people do, they are they are very very nice people. And it's going for a good cause, okay? This convention benefits the All Children's Hospital and Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. So please make a donation and get your tickets. Even if you don't, even if you can't go, make a donation. You can go to GrandBronyGala.com and donate. And it's very, very uh, worthy cause. And it's going to be a great convention. Be, I, I'm expecting a lot of people to be there now. As far as my involvement. I will be there to sign books. I will be there to sign my book Everwhere. And if you have any copies of Sword of the Heart, I will sign that. And by the way, the sequel to Sword of the Heart is coming soon. It, my publisher is already got, is they're already working on it. I'm going to be finalizing it. I'll let you know the release date when I find out. So stay tuned on that, gang. At any rate, guys, that is it for tonight. Please be stay tuned next week where I will be airing another show i will be interviewing um an author pretty soon about the from the book mind wars um which is a great book about kind of uh thought the the thought police and all that stuff and but it's more than just that it's it's basically it talks about our human minds being invaded and it talks about ancient attempts at mind control, you know, using spell casting, potions, rituals, mental reprogramming, hypnosis, drugs, electroshock therapy, psychic driving. Now, you might be thinking, man, I mean, this is not something you normally talk about on the show. Well, you know what? This is a show about the paranormal. I've got to be a little more open about that. So I'll be discussing this with um, the author Marie Jones. 
she's one of the authors of the book. The other author is Larry Flaxman. Um, so um, we'll see. I, I'm not. I don't think he's going to show up because I, I. I don't. I'm not sure his schedule permitted it. I mean, if he does, that'd be great. But um, I believe Marie is going to be the one that's going to show up and and she or not show up, but she's going to be the one that we're going to interview and then air it. Uh, that's gonna. I don't think that's going to be next week. That's probably going to be the week after that. So just kind of stay tuned for that. And um, if you want to learn more about Mind Wars, you can buy it at Amazon.com. It's called Mind Wars. It's by Marie D. Jones and Larry Flaxman. At any rate, guys, that is it for the show tonight. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. And um, I want to thank you guys for kind of hanging in there during the very beginning of the show where I got all political and everything like that. I know, I know, you guys don't like when I do that. I'm sorry. But, you know, it, it was a very big story, and I – I would feel re- I would feel very very bad if I didn't at least talk about it, and I hope I didn't alienate anyone with my thoughts. I don't think I should have. I don't think anyone should have felt alienated because I don't think I said anything negative. So, but if you feel like I did, if you feel like I offended you, or if you feel like I alienated you, please do let me know. Tweet it hashtag Emmy Shift Show, or you can join us on our Facebook group page. You just look for the Graveyard Shift Talk Show. And make sure you get the new group. Don't get the old one that doesn't have a lot of members. And then I'll add you as a member. So thank you very much, guys. This is Emmy, and I'll see you next week. As Until then, I'm punching out. Peace. You feel that universe? That satisfied feeling only comes from having finished a super epic, awesome episode of The Graveyard Shift online radio talk show hosted by your illustrious host, Emmy. Make sure to follow on blogtalkradio.com slash The Graveyard Shift and our Twitter feed, hashtag Emmy Shift Show, to stay in the loop for future episodes. Until next time, Shifties, we're punching out.